Hey everybody, happy Mother's Day to you. I hope you enjoyed that video just now. So just wanted to say happy Mother's Day. And for those of you that are here and you're a mother, this is an awesome day. We also want to recognize a couple of other things, or maybe just voice a couple of other things. And that is, first of all, this day can be really great for some of us, but it can also be kind of hard for some of us. For some of us, this is Mother's Day and you're a mother and you have family around, this is an amazing thing. But for some of us, maybe this is a difficult day. Maybe it's because we have, maybe you just recently lost your mother. You know what, Matt, I'm gonna reset. I don't like how that all came out, so we're gonna we're gonna redo bloopers. Right. You wanted bloopers anyway, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Ready? Hold on. And I guess you can clip the audio, can't you? How are we doing on the video? Does that look all right? Yeah. Okay. Hey everybody, happy Mother's Day! I hope you enjoyed that fun video with all those amazing kiddos. So. This day can be awesome for some of us or difficult for others of us. If you're a mother and you have family around you or this is just a normal day for you where you can celebrate mom and, or moms everywhere, this is, that's an awesome day. But for some of us, this might be a really hard day. For some of us, maybe you've just recently lost your mother and so it brings up those painful thoughts. Maybe you had a mother who was kind of absent in your life, and so this kind of brings up feelings that you, you don't like to have. Maybe you wanted to be a mother and you haven't had the opportunity to become a mother yet, and so it brings up some bitterness. Whatever the case is, whether this is a great day or just kind of a tough day or somewhere in between, we don't want that to keep us from honoring mothers and celebrating mothers and motherhood today. So happy Mother's Day to all of you. We also want to take a moment to thank some people. These are people who make this online stuff happen every week, but you never get to see them. So the first person is actually somebody you never get to see, but he's standing in the room with me right now. His name is Matt Long. He is the one that runs the video every week and makes this all look good. Well, as good as I can anyway, let's say that. But Matt, I want to say thank you to you. You do an awesome job. I want to say thank you to some others as well. Paul Vrugdenhill. You may have heard his name, maybe you don't, but if you saw him, you would know he's part of Northridge. But he is the one that poured over probably close to 40 different short little videos of all those kiddos and put that Mother's Day video together. He does a lot of other video work for us and for our church. Paul Vrugdenhill does an amazing job. So Paul, thank you for all that you do. We also have another guy named Seth Gerhart. We've actually contracted with him to do post-video work. After we shoot the video of the sermon, then he comes in and adds scripture and adds pictures and other things to it, and he does all that from North Carolina. So Seth, thank you for all that you do and, and all the work that you've done. And then there's a couple of other ladies that I want to thank. I want to thank my wife, Laura. She's kind of the one that keeps the, the glue. She's the glue. She keeps everything running well, keeps everything sticking together. She does all the work in-betweens on the videos to make sure all the timestamps are right, all that kind of stuff. And then my mom on Mother's Day. My mom does so many things behind the scenes, not only for our church, but for me personally. And so I'm just thankful for all of these people, and I wanted to just make sure that that goes public. Now, so many of you do so many things for Northridge, and I thank God for you as well. 
I don't have time to thank everybody. We'd be here until, well, probably supper time at this point, and so we can't do that. But I do want to say thank you for all that you guys are doing. God is moving, God is working, and we're on to it. And so thank you for being a part of it. Well, today we're going to continue our series, The Home Run Life, and we're going to talk about really what this looks like, The Home Run Life, and how we run the bases in the correct order. And we're going to focus on success today, the third base. But before we do that, let me review real quick on what we're talking about and what this home run life is all about. So the home run life has four parts, and we're using baseball as our very simple metaphor to understand it. We begin and end with God. This is where we connect with God. Connecting with God gives us power and direction to know where to go and how to get there to get to first base, which is character. This is where we win within. This is where we get our integrity right. That gives us power to win in our relationships, to win with others. That's second base, which is community. And then that fuels us to be able to reach third base, which is competence. This is where we win success. This is where we win results. As I said, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And then the home run life is not complete until we begin and end with God. All of the home run life gives us the opportunity, the power to have significance. This is the home run life. It's a life that you and I, that every person wants to have. We all want the home run life. So today I want to ask a question. It's a question that we're going to pose and we're going to kind of center everything around in this question. And that question is, well, what direction should we run the bases? If you watched our first week of this series, you already know the answer to that. See, what the world does is the world runs the bases backwards. But in order to find success, we need to run the bases in the correct order. If we don't run the bases in the correct order, if we chase after success, if we chase after wealth, if we chase after our career only, if we run the third base first, then here's the problem with it. What we have to do to do that is we have to cheat our relationships. We have to cheat our character. And we have to cheat God, our relationship with God. And God has not set up life to be run that way. He set it up in a way for us to run the bases in the correct order, not only to have a home run life, but to go in the right order. So the question is, how do we get to third base? How do we find or achieve success, but not lose the home run life that God wants for us? That's the question that we're going to be wrestling with. How do we get success, but not lose the home run life without giving up the home run life that God wants us to have? Well, one of the biggest principles that's going to allow us to do that is this. I want to share it with you. And that principle is this. My purpose is in my creator, not my career. So I live and work for my creator first. Now that's important. Why? Because it puts the priority in perspective. It sets our identity, who we are, who we work for. So let me ask you this. When you meet somebody new, what is one of the first questions that we tend to ask as human beings? Well, one of the first questions I know I tend to ask is, hey, my name is this, what's your name? Okay, awesome, so what do you do? Why do we ask that question, what do you do? 
Well, we ask that question because we're kind of curious what their job is. Why do we want to know what their job is? Because we want to know who they are. We want to know what they're about. What, what does their daily life look like? The problem with that question and the problem with that response, because we usually respond, what do you do with our job or our career? The problem with that is that we are wrapping up everything we do into who we are. Our career, our job becomes our identity, becomes the thing that we are most about. But that's not how God set up the home run life. It's part of our life. It is not our life. And so the question becomes, well, how do we do this? Well, we have to get past some of the lies that we have believed, that some of the lies that we've been told in our life that take us away from the home run life, that make us believe that running to third base first is going to be okay, that's going to give us what we want. So what are some of the lies? Well, let me give you one of the lies. One of the lies is this, that we cannot have both success and the home run life. That we cannot have both fame and wealth and power and, and, and all the success that we want and also have character and great relationships and a powerful relationship with God. Now, when I say that, everybody goes, oh, well, it seems like you can, but we don't live that way. We have believed the lie that we cannot have both success and the home run life. We have to choose between the two. So a question is that I wanted to ask was simply this. How do we achieve success but not lose the home run life? How do we have those two things? If that's not a lie, if that's true that we can have both, how do we do it? Well, one of the ways that we do this is by changing the way we think. How we view ourselves, how we view the world, how we view God. I want to give you our theme verse for this series. It's Romans 12, 2, and it says this. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, the pattern of this world, backwards base running. Don't follow that. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's a good will. So if we need to change the way we think, what thought do we need to change? How do, what, how do we do this? What, what is the thought process that we need to change? Well, again, let me give you another lie that we need to change, that we need to stop believing and accept the truth. The lie is this. You and I as humans, we believe that we can divide the baseball diamond, that we can divide the home run life in half. Here's what we do. We draw a line right down the middle. On one side is what we would say maybe our daily life or our professional life. This is where we have our, our business. This is where we have our profession, our career. This is where we spend a lot of our hours during the day. This is where our coworkers, our professional relationships are. And this is kind of one way that we act. But then what we do is we have another whole half of our life, a whole section of our life that's completely different. We divide it. And on the other side of our life is our close relationships, our, our close friends and our close family members. This is where we have our integrity, our character, who we really are. At work is maybe one thing, but then 
This is who I really am. This is who I really want to be. Our character, our core. And this is where we usually put God. He's over the personal area of life. Here's the problem with that lie. We believe that we can separate God and we can have God over one aspect of our life or a few aspects of our life, but not on the, all, all, all of them, all over the entire life, the entire home run life. We divide it in half. Now, maybe you're sitting here and you're, you're listening to this and, and you're saying, I don't know if we actually do that. We do. In fact, do, would, you, would you believe me if I said we have terminology to describe this very lie that the culture, that our culture has ingrained us to believe that we can do, that we can divide the home and life? You know what the two words are? Sacred and secular. Have you heard those terms? You know what they mean? They presuppose this understanding, this thought process, that there are some aspects of life that are relevant to God, and there are other aspects of life that are not. We divide, we separate. Some things are sacred, but some things are secular. By the way, this is actually one aspect of where we take the extreme of the idea, separation of church and state. There are some aspects of that idea that are making sense according to our freedom, But then a lot of us would understand that what that is doing is trying to separate God from certain areas of life. It's this idea of sacred and secular. We've got to destroy that lie in our minds and in our culture in order to have the home run life. Because it doesn't work to have God over some parts of life rather than all parts of life. And maybe you're here and say, well, I don't know if there's a huge difference. Can't God just be over the personal areas of life and I can run my professional life and career and and other relationships the way that I want? The, The question or the answer to that is, no, we can't do that. Because the difference between God being over all of life and some of life is a massive difference. It's a difference between night and day. It's a difference between steak and cow patties. (laughs) What is the difference in all of those? The difference is steak and cow patties, they come from the same place, don't they? But they're incredibly different, aren't they? Incredibly different. Steak and cow patties, same things, come from the same place, but if I served a cow patty on your plate, I'm pretty sure you want nothing to do with that. But if it was a steak... That's totally different. Well, it's the same way in our life. We believe that we can have God over some aspects of our life, but not all. And so why is that important? Well, this is what we do with that. What we tend to do is if we decide that God is not over all of life, then it doesn't make any difference of whether or not we run to third base first because God doesn't matter over that part of life. And so we run to third base first. And we cheat our relationships, and we cheat our character, and we cheat God. We run backwards. And then here's what we do. See if this is true of you. I know this has sometimes been true of me. I run the bases backwards, and then when I get into trouble, or I just need guidance or direction, or I remember, oh, God exists, or I need to believe in God, or I need to order my life a little bit differently, and then what I do is I ask God to bless my backwards base running life. 
We ask God to bless the backwards way of life that we've chosen. But here's the truth. It's the difference between steak and cow patties. God can't bless a cow patty. God can't bless cow poo. Hey, tweet that. Put that on a t-shirt, right? God can't bless cow poo. God can't bless. God won't bless backward space running lives. He won't do it because he's not going to bless sin. And so we need to understand that running the bases in the right order, putting God in that first priority, that first pole position is what we need to do in order to find success and not cheat everything else. So let me share another principle that kind of goes along with this. And it is this. God is my provider. God is my provider. So Jesus has some really powerful words in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 27. I want to share them with you. He says this, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That's a powerful question that Jesus asked at the end there. And of course, the answer to that is, no, worries can't add to your life. In fact, they do just the opposite, don't they? Worry and stress will actually steal days from your life. Jesus invites us to put our trust and our hope in Him. In fact, if you kind of really see this and what Jesus is saying there, He's saying we all have the pressure to perform. Isn't that true in our culture? Do you ever feel the pressure to perform? Do you ever feel the pressure to keep up with your coworkers? Do you ever feel the pressure to keep up with other students in your classes? Whether you're in elementary school or high school or college or maybe you're in grad school or maybe you're just going back to school to, to start a different career path. That's awesome. But do you ever feel the stress, the pressure to keep up? Do you ever feel the, the stress and the pressure to, to, to keep up with your, your neighbors? Have you ever had this happen? Have you ever seen your neighbor mowing their grass and you're like, oh, my yard's going to look terrible now. I have to go out and mow my grass. Come on. I've felt that way many times, angry at my neighbors. Why? Because I feel this stress and this pressure to keep up, to keep the appearances right, to keep earning, to keep plugging away, to keep struggling, to keep going, pull up my, myself up by my bootstraps. I got to do this. Do you feel the pressure? Do you feel the stress? Do you feel stress from the uncertainty of these days? I have. I don't know what the future holds for our church, for me, for you, for my family, for how things are going to go, for everybody that I care about. We feel this stress and the pressure of the needs and to perform in this life. I want to share some other words of Jesus right in the midst of all that. It's a few verses after what I just shared. He shares it in that same chapter of Matthew. This is what he says. He says, 
Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, live rightly, and he will give you everything you need. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, put God first and everything else falls into place. Put God first and he will provide for you. Put God first, you don't need to worry about that stuff. Put God first, you don't need to keep up with everybody else. Put God first and everything else falls into its proper place because God will give you what you need for the home run life. This is powerful, powerful stuff from Jesus. So where does that leave us? Well, you probably are thinking, well, this has been a lot of great theory, a lot of great philosophy and worldview and kind of overall big stuff. That's great. But what do I do with it? I'm glad you would ask that question. Let me give you a couple of very practical thoughts with a couple of suggestions in between. So the first practical action step that you can take is this. God is my provider, so I will trust in him. Trust is the key word there. But how do we put our trust in God? You might say, well, I've heard that all my life. Trust in God. Put my faith in God. Trust Jesus. Follow Jesus. He'll protect you. He, you know, you're safe in the arms of God. But what does it really look like to trust God? Well, let me give you a couple of practical suggestions. First one, before I run to work, I walk with God. Now, this is very practical, and this is actually pretty easy for me these days because I work from home. <laughs> in fact, some of you, because of this pandemic, maybe a lot of you, maybe even most of you, you work from home in these days. And so for me, I don't know about you, maybe it's harder, maybe it's easier because of that. But for me, it's easy because I just get up, I get the kids going, and, and Laura kind of takes over with the school stuff. And then I go downstairs, and before I start working, before I open that dreaded email inbox. Can I hear an amen on that? I mean, seriously, this is where my mind goes. I go to bed and then I wake up and I've got like 27 new emails. I was sleeping. What was everybody else doing? I don't know, but all of a sudden I've got all these emails that I got to talk, you know, respond to. What is going on? You guys ever felt that way? I do. So I can't go to my work first. Why? Because then my heart and my mind just gets sucked into everything I have to do and have to accomplish and how I need to help and how I need to answer this and do that. I walk down. The first thing I do is I spend some quiet time in God's Word. Prayer. Talking to God. Listening to God. For some of you, maybe that's easier in these days because you work from home. For some of you, maybe it's harder in these days because you've got kids and you've got to help teach them and get them going on their schoolwork. Maybe it's harder. Irregardless of what situation we're in, we need to make a commitment to carve out that time to spend time with God and allow us to put our trust in Him as our provider, to put Him first so everything else will fall in place. Now, you might be thinking in the back of your heart, in the back of your mind, you say, yeah, easy for you. You work from home and you're a pastor. We don't have a church, you know, a church building. And so you get to just kind of walk downstairs and do this. So, wow, yeah, it's so hard for you. Well, the truth is, no matter what your situation is, you can still put God first. You can still, t still spend time with God first. 
For example, a lot of you know that Laura and I were public school teachers before I became a pastor. When we were teachers, we lived in North Carolina. We worked in the public school system. So for me, my commute in those days from our house to the school where I taught was anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes, depending on traffic. So what I would do is every morning I would turn the radio off and I would spend that 10 to 15 minutes praying, talking to God and listening to God. And sometimes I can tell you I got to the parking lot and I would not be done praying. There was so much on my heart and my mind that I was pouring out, you know, my soul to God. And so I'd get to the parking lot and I'd pull into a parking spot and I'd be sitting there and I wouldn't be ready to go into the, the school building to start my day and get my classroom ready and do all, put all the things up and get my notes ready. And so I'd sit there and I would just keep talking to God out loud like I'm talking right now. I've always wondered how many of my friends, how many of my coworkers, teachers who arrived during that time and they'd see me in my car sitting there talking to myself. How many of them think I'm crazy? <laughs> how many of them would say, yeah, I knew he was crazy. And then they found out, yeah, he is. But I was simply talking to my father, to my creator, my provider. And you might be wondering, well, what'd you talk about? I talked about everything. I prayed for myself. I prayed for my wife, Laura. I prayed for my kids. I didn't even have kids at that point. I didn't even know if I would have kids. We have three amazing kids now. But at the time, I didn't even know if we were going to have kids, but I prayed for them anyway, because if I was going to have kids, I wanted God to know that they are his and I want him to get impacted on them more than I impact them because that's going to be way better than I am. I would lift up my fellow co-workers, my teachers. I would lift my students up in prayer, especially those who came to me with really, really intense burdens and things that they were going through in their life. Man, my students were going through so much in those days. High school students, they are still going through that stuff today. I would pray for them. So I'd encourage you, before you run to work, walk with God. Let me give you a second suggestion. And the second suggestion is actually another simple one, maybe not always easy to do. In fact, this one, this one might be a lot harder to do. And the second one is this. Put limits on your work week. Some of you hate that I just said that out loud. I know. But I want you to put limits on the amount of time you're spending in work. Limit your work week. Work up to six days, not seven. Why? Because God showed us that example. He set the standard. I want to share a practical example of what this can look like, of how powerful the blessings can be if we follow that pattern of life, to limit the amount of work that we do for God and for others. So there's a couple of fast food chain restaurants. I'm gonna give them to you. You're gonna see them on the screen here. There's one KFC and Chick-fil-A. And right underneath that, you're gonna see that they have a couple of numbers. These numbers are how many locations these, each of these restaurant chains have worldwide. KFC has 23,000. Chick-fil-A, has just under 2,500 worldwide. Chick-fil-A, or uh, KFC is in like 140 countries. Chick-fil-A is in three. They just went international starting last year. So as you look at these numbers, let me ask you this question. Just looking at the numbers, just looking at that statistic, what would you say would be the most powerful 
obvious brand, the one that's making by far the most money, the one that has the most power, the most influence in the world. It would seem obvious that it would be KFC. Well, let me show you a second statistic. For KFC, their earnings, their revenue for 2018 was $4.4 billion. You know what it was for Chick-fil-A in 2018? $10 billion. Way more than double what KFC made. In fact, let me tell you this, I just read an article a few months ago on Business Insider, and they did an article on Chick-fil-A, and they told us, they, their research, and they showed based on the numbers, that just this last year that Chick-fil-A became the third largest and most revenue-producing fast food restaurant in the United States. You know who they're right behind? McDonald's and Starbucks. And by the way, you know which one is gaining on them? Chick-fil-A. Here's the most important and most incredible part of that. Chick-fil-A, every location in their business is closed on Sunday. They work six days, not seven. It's a principle they've had from the beginning, from the very first week that they started, the very first location. And so you can see the blessings that have occurred as a result of that. So I want to encourage you. Put your trust and your hope in God. And one way that you can do that is limit the amount of time and the amount of energy that you're pouring into your work. Because if you're doing that, it's you're, you're taking time away. You're taking energy away from the relationships that matter most, your character, your integrity, and your relationship with God. Let me give you one last principle. The last principle or action step is this. God is my provider. I work for Him. So as I've said several times, uh, the guy who came up with this Home Run Life, his name is Kevin Myers, and he wrote a book called Home Run. And I want to share with you a very powerful story in here that illustrates what it looks like to work not for money, not for somebody else, not for a boss, but to work for God first and foremost, to put your best out for Him above all else. Listen to this story. So there once was a budding entrepreneur who opened a cleaning business in a small city. She was a very hard worker. And like other business people in her community, she was always competing for business. It wasn't long before she became aware of the reputation of one very wealthy lady in town who used any particular cleaning service only once. In all her years, she had never hired the same service twice to clean her large house. When I finally got my call, the entrepreneur said, I was going to give it my personal best. And we went into that home and we cleaned and we gave it our absolute best. As we cleaned throughout the house, we'd find a variety of change along the way. We'd just place it in a little cup in the kitchen and move on. After completing the job, the entrepreneur received her payment and left. Imagine her shock when a few weeks later, she got a phone call from the wealthy lady asking her to clean her house a second time. For the life of her, she couldn't understand why she was getting a second chance when nobody else did. I would love to do it again, she answered. But can I ask you a question? With all the people who have cleaned your house, 
Why are you letting me do this a second time? It's very simple, the wealthy lady answered. One dollar and sixty-one cents. Excuse me, the entrepreneur said. The wealthy lady answered, You were the only one who found the entire $1.61 in change that I had strategically placed throughout the house. Some people found 89 cents, some people found 90, some people found $1.25, one even found $1.40, but you are the only one who found the entire dollar and 61 cents. Here's my question for you. Who are you working for? What is your life about? Are you a dollar 61 cents kind of person? Where you work as hard as you can in the time that you're given, limiting your work week, running at work, but only after you've walked with God? Do you put your trust in God and allow your work and allow the success to come to you as God enables? Or are you more like the other people, the other cleaning services, who just cut corners, who cut on their integrity, who cut on the job that they did? They didn't clean well, and so they missed spots. What kind of a person are you? Who are you working for? What are you about in life? In other words, are you running the bases correctly or are you running them backwards? My hope, my encouragement to you today is if you want to have success and the home run life, God invites you to start with Him Get your character right. Get your relationships right. And then he will give you success and significance. Let's pray. God, I thank you for what is sometimes difficult truth. We don't like to be confronted with lies especially lies that we've been living for a long time. And so, God, today I want to just pray for everyone who is here, who is listening. I pray that you would help them, help us, help me to run the bases in the right order, to get this whole idea, this whole understanding, this truth correctly, that we need to put our hope and our trust in you first And allow ourselves to run the bases in the right order, the correct order, so that you can give us both success and the home run life that we all desire. If there is a habit, or if there's a schedule, or if there's a thing or a way that we're going in life that seems to be stealing all these other things, it seems to be cheating all these other things, I pray that you would help us to change, to give those things up, and surrender our life, our base running, to you. Help us to put you first. Help us to seek you first. And then allow everything else to fall into place as it needs to. God, thank you for loving us. 
We love you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, as you know, I always say, because it's true, I love you. God loves you. And now let's run the bases in the right order so that we can have both success and the home run life. Thank you.